Welcome to the Knack for Business podcast, where we talk with experts around the globe about relevant business topics to help you succeed in your business. The hosts are Bernie Franzberg and Wayne Pratt. Knack for Business is about sharing knowledge, networking, architecture, connecting, and being creative. That is what Knack stands for. The common threads of any business are people, money, continuous change. In a diverse world, we are unique and face the same wins and challenges. In this podcast, we invite you to learn about what is out there and how connecting with people and ideas helps us. We cover a range of business topics from yourself, finances, legal, real estate, IT, social media, and anything else to the list that supports your work. Even your competitors have something to offer you. My name is Bernie Franz Group from Creative Insight. My co-host is Wayne Pratt from Motivate You. At Creative, we are B2B connectors, actually people-to-people connectors. We bring you those interesting business people that can help grow yours. At Creative, we help you awaken your knack to connect with the business communities and networks to leverage your business. Wayne, tell us a bit about Motivate You, Inc. Motivate You is a goal-setting and coaching company that helps owners and entrepreneurs be, do, and have more, including more fun. Quick thank yous for their support. First off, Carl Richards from Podcast Solutions Made Simple, the podcast expert. Brad Crouch, the property wizard podcaster, where I'm a co-host, and my business partner, Melanie Weber, plus Wayne Pratt from Motivate You for sparking these podcasts. Today's guest is Tony Dennis. Let me tell you a bit of a background. Tony is a mover and a shaker, quite literally. He's ran a moving business for many years. He's also taught entrepreneurship at Algonquin College. Networking has been his strong suit. And after joining other clubs, he decided to form his own throughout the entire city of Ottawa. Over time, he created the Phoenix Business Exchange. It was created to provide a business networking group that focuses on relationships. Tony is a very heart-centered businessman with a heart of gold, always cheery and always positive with his members. And I can vouch for that because I am actually a part of the Phoenix Business Exchange and enjoyed being connected with Tony since 2019. Tony, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much, Bernie. I really appreciate your invitation, and I couldn't wait to be on here to try and input whatever experience I have to to your show. So thanks a lot, very much. Tony, not a problem. And today's topic is community of friendship equals prosperity, and it's all about networking. Tell us, what got you into the network? One of the things I find when I was a professor at Algonquin was they're still teaching students many of the old-fashioned ways of marketing. The radio, the TV, all of the aspects of that, all the aspects of just the different forms of marketing to get out there. But when all of that is done and you graduate, it's a whole different world out there. You're starting to realize that it isn't about the people that could send that medium, all the flyers, the brochures, whatever other way that you want to market your business or market your services. It's more about people to people. It is, it is actually people that buy the goods. I mean, social media was a big thing. As soon as that started, it's become more and more, only because there's not as much work in social media as it is to pound the pavement and to send out those flyers. So in a sense, it's easier to do social media. However, people still don't know about you. They don't know about what it's like to do all those things that have nothing to do with business. And one of the things I found in networking is you're meeting the person across face-to-face. 
It is a belly to belly transaction, and it's not really a transaction in sales, but it's more of an exchange of ideas. I am more concerned with how a person, let's say, builds a back of a deck than I am with their business. Because let's say they don't do decks, but they try hard to do whatever they can do. And I'm looking for little subtleties like work ethic, the way that they look at quality. He says, I built this deck. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I think I did a pretty good job because I looked it over and I saw little flaws and I corrected it. And I saw this and I saw it. So there's a quality control there. And I know what those kind of traits, if I give that person my business or if I send someone to them, they will do much the same thing. A person that just says, ah, that's good enough, everything's good enough, is not the kind of trait that I'm looking for. Because then anything is good. Anything passes and there's no quality at all. So when we network, that's the kind of things that we're looking for. What happens when somebody comes to me that they want to give me business and vice versa? So the networking is very important. And it's amazing how that networking can stretch over years. You could do one little talk that you're not even talking to the person. And I've done this at 2006 when I was a professor at Algonquin. I still bump into students these days, and it's been 15, 20 years later. And they're saying, oh, I really liked your talk about this. I said, wow, that was a long time ago. It's amazing how people will remember things over a long time. And when you network, that's what happens. But people will forget an ad that quickly. So that why networking is very important because it's people to people in that time. Tony, there's a really strong theme over the last few years that I've heard in other groups. And that is getting to know the person and getting to understand where they're coming from. And that is echoed so, so frequently. The other piece is the belly to belly. As I think of my (laughs) pandemic weights, I'm going, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. I think that's a kind of a good fit. It's all about safety, Bernie. When you have a little more weight, when a hurricane comes, it's a lot harder to pick you up. So we're all about safety here. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm also a member of the Phoenix, and I'm pretty excited about it. You ran a networking club, and there were leads being passed. And then this pandemic happened, and the law of the land said you're not meeting. Tell me the back and forth. Tell me, oh, I'll wait it out. Tell me the... Oh, I'm done. Walk me through. When we first started in 2016, one of the things that I saw was a huge benefit. And I wanted to introduce this to this new group. I noticed that a lot of people that were in wheelchairs or they couldn't leave home for whatever reason, they also deserve to have some method or some way to be able to network because there are people that are at home and they're, for whatever reason, they are bound in their homes. Zoom was a good option for us then. So we started that at the very beginning. Our first meeting, we were on Zoom that, that first time. And But the premise was that if somebody was at home, they could Zoom in and still network and still become part of the group. What ended up happening was as people realized that, okay, the kids are sick, I can't come in. I could at least go to my desk and I could be part of the meeting from home so that I can still represent my category, that kind of thing. Or if there's a snowstorm and they were socked in and they couldn't physically be there. So that's what happened after. The premise was to try to get people to have that knowledge so that if I can't make the meeting on a personal way to the restaurants, that's where we started and in other venues, was to be there personally. 
what ended up happening was we kept the Zoom going right up until the pandemic. So we were doing both. When we got the announcements on the 2020, I believe it was March 17th, was one meeting. And the announcement came out that there will be no meeting in the restaurants. It was just simply, well, we go to the Zoom. And so it was an easy decision, actually. <laughs> it was just a matter of we made the decision, okay, we're going to go to Zoom. Because we already had over 1,200 meetings over Zoom. So we worked out the bugs. We already worked out all the things that we needed. We knew how to use that platform. So it was nothing for us. A lot of groups that this is only going to last maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a month or so. We didn't, uh, we didn't look at that. We just look at where are we right now and how can we solve it right now? Because as quickly as we could go to Zoom, we could go back to the restaurant's the next day, really. So it was no real big challenge. But a lot of groups had a huge challenge in keeping up with, now what do we do? Do we go on to Zoom or do we go on to the various video conferencing? And they just couldn't figure it out. They couldn't get all their people together because there is a learning curve in it. When you look at it as something that you've always done, you don't think it's, it's a big deal. So that was no effort at all, Wayne, to move into Zoom right away. And to this date, we're still in Zoom. We're able to meet on a regular basis. So we have a mix and mingle where we have everybody come in at least once a month somewhere. We've already staged all of the dates for 2023 or for next year. So we know the times that we're going to be there. And we just got to pick out venues that we can attend. But it's a lot of fun. It's most interesting that you considered accessibility on the outset and it's actually turned out to be a boon. And I've noticed that there are features that say on your uh, smartphones, the accessibility features that are meant to help and aid those that might have impairments or disabilities and disabilities is actually kind of a wrong way to describe it, but don't have the full sensory range of capacity that the rest of the population does are actually dependencies that are backups or benefits. And so you're already ahead of the curve. That's really good to appreciate it. And having been at the meetings and doing Zooms, yes, in 2019, I knew nothing about Zooms. Nothing. Other than the only thing Zoom was go fast for me at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You've created a network and we haven't talked about the value of working as a group versus solo. What is there about being in a community and working with your tribe, so to speak, that helps the businessman or businesswoman out? Well, Bernie, in many ways, I've done both. I've done working on my own, and I've done working in groups, and I've done both. All I can say is when you're on your own, it's pretty simple. You're making all the decisions. All the onus is on you to get clients, so things are more transactional. Try to do reciprocal strategies with people. In other words, I would get in touch with, let's say, a landscaper because I was in the moving business and I would get in touch with landscapers and other people that are connected to the home or home inspectors. And I says, look, if you know anybody that is moving, then you can send that to me. And if I know anybody that is wanting landscaping, I'll send them to you. So there's a kind of an alliance that I wanted to create. And I did send referrals to those people. But very few, if any, came back. It was more like I'm just working against myself and I'm trying to, and they're just saying, thank you, great. There was one person I sent five referrals to because when you're moving somebody, you're realizing the backyard, gee, it needs work. 
then you're talking to the owner that's moving. He says, yeah, I did talk to the new owner and they are planning on doing some work in the backyard. So boom, that was a message for me. I'll get a hold of this other person that does landscaping. And after five jobs, it says, you know, gee, you must know at least one person that wants to move. Because when you're doing landscaping, maybe they'll say, yeah, we're just doing this because we want to make it look good because we were thinking of selling our home. You're selling your home. That means you're going to be moving. I have a great mover for you. Never got that. When I did it on a solo thing, it was depressing in that way. It would always be what I would give and there would be nothing coming back. It was very transactional. Then when I went to a group, I had been into other groups before. The whole premise was how can we help each other? And that worked a lot better. I got more referrals that way, more connections. And it's not only referrals. Sometimes I was looking for a commercial space in some places. And I said, look, I'm looking for some commercial space, something downtown. And I described it. And three people put up their hand. Oh, this is better than the Yellow Pages. It was Yellow Pages back then. And it, it was great because people would right away be able to talk about it. And it says, yeah, I've got this space or I know of a friend that has some space. Check into it. And out of the three, I chose one. And I did that in less than 24 hours. Never would have been able to get this before. And because the person knew me, it was so amazing because we're part of the group. And it's that person that had a room just off to the side. Because I'm with the same group, I didn't have to pay rent for about three months. So I never would have been able to get that. And then eventually there was a small percentage involved and eventually got to a full rent. But it really got going in the sense that people knew working as a group is much better because the onus is on let's give a referral to the group. It's almost like you're putting energy into a pot and you're not looking at, I gave John a referral, so I'm expecting a referral or something reciprocal to come back to me. And it's not like that. If there's, let's say, 20, 30 people in a pot, I'm putting my referrals in a pot And somebody else in that pod could offer me a referral. So it's almost like the energy balances itself out. You're not looking for that one-on-one. It's more of a group, what the group can offer you. So I never look at it where if I'm giving John or Jane a referral, if I'm expecting anything back, I know the group or the energy will owe me in the sense. And then eventually people will start referring me that, that I never gave a referral to. One thing that I find about Phoenix is it's more resource-driven than transaction-driven. What resources do you find within a group? The resources, really, it's all about caring. And that if I were to boil it down to a resource, it is about that. Like, What is the amount of caring that somebody wants to help another business with? If they're only there to what's in it for me, what can I get from it? We find that over the years, I've seen people come and go, and I've seen very talented people come, and all they are thinking about is how much I can get out of the group. They don't do as well. People see it right away, and not that there's any animosity to it. It's just that there's no demonstration that this person cares other than what they can get out of a group. So the resource would be the people that are doing very well and high profile are the ones that constantly give. How can I help another business? How can I be able to help Jane that uh, she's a single mom and she's got like a basket 
company in her home. Who do I know? Like it's that caring is a huge resource because when we look at the way that we we can benefit each other and it's usually how much that we can give that is so powerful because somewhere down the road that person will be appreciative and say I know somebody that could use your service and it's like that it's if we all have six foot spoons we would never eat however if we could feed other people through our six foot spoon then everybody would eat it's kind of like that So I think that's a huge resource is how much a person cares or wants to help other businesses. And then that always comes back. We've had people that'll just stay for three or four months and they don't get anything. And then when you look at the stats, they never met anybody. They never saw anybody. They never gave anybody a referral. And so really, when it comes down to it, you didn't do anything and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're surprised. <laughs> the one thing I'm going to make a quick observation, and this is the stats from the Phoenix Business Exchange website. This year alone in 2022, there is just between the members, money transactions is about $453,600 transactions. From 2016, as of January, there's about $4.2 million worth of transactions just between the members. So not referring to someone outside, but just between the members. And I think it's a pretty impressive stats. So how big is big enough? It, it, can this be bigger? Should mean, it be bigger? The group itself? The group itself? Yeah. Oh, anything can grow. Absolutely. Anything can grow. It's just, it, it has, it has a momentum of its own. Any business, any group, anything that you do that, that you put love into will automatically have a natural way of growth. And so when we look at how big we can get, I don't look at we want to go national. That was the talk at one point. And we did expand outside of Ottawa into Kempville, Manatick. We were looking at Kingston, that kind of thing. But that will have a natural transition. In doing all of the work to set those up, it's a really uphill battle until you have a certain amount of people that are generating and wanting that group to grow. We tried that in Kempville. We started with about four or five members there. And other members, when they say, oh, you have a group, how many people are there? Four or five. Oh, that's not many. Give me a call when you get to 15 thing, or give me a call when you get to 12. And so again, the mentality there is I don't want to grow anything. I want to go in there when it's growth that is right there, and then I can benefit. In an area where, let's say you, you have people that, yeah, we're good, you could start a group for about 10 and then grow from there. But as Phoenix starts to grow in that way, it will have a momentum of its own. And we're not really pushing it in the sense that we want to force ourselves to have 100 chapters throughout Canada, because it isn't about the numbers. At one point, we had seven chapters. And over the years, because of COVID and other things, we're down to about four. But this is four lean, very high performance groups rather than having seven that are, eh, it's just they're spread out too much. And so the size of it isn't the big thing. The other part is the businesses itself. How big should they be before they come in? Whether we're going to get like a single mom that has a basket company, let's say, or someone like Rogers come in that size, would that help the company? And with our estimation, it helps a little having a larger company. But we have found that a person that is just starting their business, 
but knows a lot of people, can give far more referrals, can help other people better than the larger companies. Because the mainly the larger companies thinking, what can I buy that can benefit you? And there might be some transactions there. However, a person that knows 500 people and they can connect those people to other people are far going to exceed what the larger companies are going to be able to purchase through the group that way. If a person from Rogers knows 500 people, then that's awesome. But usually if a larger company comes in, the first thing that they'll do is that if there's a security guy in the group, yeah, let's get security in my home. Let's get a person to do my lawn. Let's get a person to, it's always about what they can produce because the income is there. But we find that the connections are far better because if a person knows that they don't have to actually buy the products themselves, but they have to know people that might be interested or open to what's in the group and they can offer. The couple of things I'm taking away from this segment is that the microeconomy has the most, and so you're actually supporting your community. Absolutely. So being a part of a, a local business network. And there are other type of networks out there that are more global reach, but then they're doing global services versus oh, we know some people is one gentleman does dash camps. Dashcam Sam, right? And he's not going to go to British Columbia or the UK or South Africa or the US to install, but he's part of the local community. That's what makes it such an enrichment. So I think I've just plugged Sam here. Uh, (laughs) That's what it's all about, because we we are trying to always give. And wherever we, we can put someone's name in there as a great example, we're going to use an example anyway. So we might as well use a real one. And you're right. This person, if he tried to advertise and only work on flyers, it would be a sort of a finite amount of results that he would get out of it. But going to all the groups, the person's very smart. Sam is a very good example that on Zoom, because of the way the structuring is, it's a little different than going to the restaurants. In the restaurants, there was only a certain amount of people that we can have come in from other groups because there's a cost to that. But Zoom, once you pay your yearly membership, the cost is not a factor anymore. He can go into another group for no charge. And he's in all of the groups. So instead of going to us and people, he's going to 40 people in the other group. So it's a very smart marketing in that way. Then everybody knows who Sam is. And the chances are those people will say, I have an uncle that's buying a car that doesn't have a dash cam with the small businesses because there's 40,000 plus businesses that are small that way. But there's only, what is it, 500 or 400 large companies in Canada, if it's even that high. So to take it a bit further, then we'll have people like Sam in the micro economy. How does someone, let's say they become a band of people and they want to start up the process of developing a network? Like, how would you onboard them inside Phoenix? What would be the next steps? Okay, so you're asking if they wanted to come into a group that's already going? Oh, yeah. And and using Phoenix as the example. Yeah, uh, Phoenix, we've always cultivated small business from the very beginning. And I got to tell you, when we first started, it wasn't as stressful as I thought. Because when we started Phoenix, I already knew like several hundred people and I sent out a blast that we're starting a new group, had a great response. And we had about almost 50 businesses that said that they were going to be there in the launch of Phoenix. So we had a, we had that start. 
On that day, there was a massive snowstorm, much like maybe not even the one we had today, but it was far worse. There was ice on the road, so only 25 people showed up. Out of the 25, eight people joined on the first day. Another eight joined on the next time we met and another eight on the following. So within three weeks, we had 24 people right away. That sort of gave us that sort of springboard launch. Now, once we got together, we realized, okay, it's small businesses that we need to focus on. What do they need? First of all, yes, it's obvious that getting a referral would be a way to do it. But it's not only that. People are having personal things going on in their life. Some people are in, a, in the middle of a divorce. Some people are having a really hard time. They're the only person creating an income, and they're having a hard time with their mortgage. So mentally, they're going through stuff. Personally, they're going through things. We got to make sure if a person's going to be successful in business, we also have to focus on their personal lives to an extent because they are together. I've seen cases where we've given somebody numerous referrals, like in the tens of thousands of dollars worth of referrals, and they still couldn't make it. So it wasn't just the business because it all comes down if you can't emotionally or handle something. So being a medium and clairvoyant was really a benefit for me or and to the group that I could feel there's something going on. It would pull that person to the side and say, okay, Bob, what's going on? Getting stuff going on. Just know that between you and me, anything we say or you say is confidential. I'm worried about you. How are you? I'm concerned. What's going on? And then we would go through a session. I wouldn't charge for it. And I normally don't if it's something that is really acute and they didn't ask me for it. And if I'm stepping forward because of what I'm feeling, then I'm trying to address something that this person's going through. And sometimes, many times, it's a thought or it's just a encouragement or just someone that will listen because they can't talk to their wife or their husbands because of it. Who else are you going to talk to? So it's private. So most of this stress is internal. They can't really talk to anybody. So when I come in as a friend and I says, look, I'm just a sounding board. If you don't want me to do anything, that's fine. We won't. But I'm here to listen. And when we started doing that, it made the group even stronger because you're working on that personal aspect of it. So when a person comes in, they can expect that we want to make sure that they're going to be successful in all areas of their lives. And business is a, sort of an easier one. It's more transparent. It's more obvious I've seen it where we've business is not the be all and end all. If someone is going through a really tough time, their father or mother has passed and they can't get their head wrapped around it, that's going to affect the energy and the focus that you're going to put into your business and it's going to start dropping even if referrals are coming in. Sometimes we just need to step in and try and help in other ways. That's what people can expect from Phoenix. I've been with other companies and other groups and they're not like that. They just care about the money that you can produce. They even keep track of how many referrals that you put out. And if it's lower than four per month, then you usually get a little chat from the director that uh, you only have one this month. So even if you get a haircut or they force you to do business with somebody, I never believed in that. I was with one of them for almost four years. I was just in an area where I was able to give in that way. But I've seen some people just not be able to give many referrals and they got kicked out. 
They simply got kicked out. In other words, that sends the message that if you can't perform, if you're not good enough, be prepared, you're going to be kicked out. One element I always appreciated within the Phoenix, and I've seen it in other spaces, is the art of practicing your pitch, honing it, continuous honing. My observation from other people that have come into the space, if they can't make a meeting, to send another party in and help them, groom them, become as good as they are. Because again, in true fashion, succession planning is always a smart thing because you can't always be 100% on your game. Some days you're going to be sick or you're going to be away or you're going to take vacation. Oddly enough, a vacation, that what an odd concept, right? <laughs> what an odd and, concept, eh? <laughs> right, but have someone stand in your stead. And that's part of, I think, what uh, a couple of the principles Wayne promotes as a coach about if you're an electrician or a carpenter or a millwright or any tradespeople, yeah, you, you need to build in that piece. Given referrals, and you're always afraid that the golden ticket you gave somebody is going to come back to you happy. And you leading Phoenix, Tony, have had people make promises that sometimes they didn't keep. How do you police that? That goes back to our concept that the fortune is in the follow-up. Some people don't know what to do with that referral, especially people that are new. If you've always had a job, you never had to worry about this. You just had to show up and know when the day your paycheck is issued. That's pretty much it. If you're with the civil servant, again, there's there's an element that you're going to a place, and as long as you're just doing the work, you're going to get paid. But of course, there's a wild surprise when you feel these people get into business because it is all about the customer service. It's all about going to a place, and you're not going to get paid right away. There's a delay And there's that feast or famine sort of concept. Big rush for some people is around Christmas, but some people have it in the middle of summer, like landscapers. That's when they are just crazy. Over the winter, they get into other things. They don't do landscaping in the winter. So you structure your business. But when somebody gives someone a referral... And that person does drop the ball. It's There's one of a number of things that are happening. First of all, they're too busy, or they say they're too busy. Too busy doesn't mean that they're doing high-performance work. It just means that the time span that is going through is running out. And we have to assess, first of all, what is keeping you so busy? And in many cases, what happens is that it, there's also a delay in invoices. For instance, I gave one person some business. It was well over $1,000. And I bought the product. And it took me over a year to get an invoice. So if the person is so busy, they can't collect money. And I'm thinking, that's why you're in business. Why are you not sending? And we had payments ready to pay them. We just didn't know how much it was. But we had to wait over a year. It was over 14 months or something. And I said, okay, that's the way you want to run your business. And then when you hear them, I'm just so busy. So if you're, what are you busy doing? So when we start assessing why they're dropping the ball, it's usually a bigger problem. It's not just that the referral is coming in. Even when you go through and do the service and render it and everything's done, you're just waiting for the invoice so you can pay them. And they don't send out an invoice, that sends a message out, nothing's really happening, and they're not focused. That's when I say, okay, you need a coach, 
you got to get somebody to focus because you're all over the place in a sense that you're working with orders, you're working with this, you're like a one-man service, but your priorities are a little bit off. At least one day in a month, you should be able, or one few days in a month, you should be able to look at, okay, how many invoices needs to go out? Because that's our bread and butter. That's what's going to pay the bills. And I would un- understand if it was like 40 or $50 and then you don't get it for a year. I But $1,000 for a business, especially this is a business that had it in their home and they couldn't find the time to get paid. So that means that their priorities are off. So the idea is, When we're getting back to them within at least a day saying, look, I am busy. Thank you for the referral. I'll follow up with them. And they do. But if that isn't happening, that means sometimes often there is a deeper problem because referrals and getting that funnel going and getting the service done. When the service is done, you send out the invoice within literally within the same week. That should all happen in a very short time. And if it isn't, that means The other things that are going on, like the administration and all the facets of running a business. Bernie, you and I have been around for a bit, and there's all kinds of different things that you can do, but are they just doing things that are fun? I go through that as well. Sometimes I get so inundated with a lot of things. I said, okay, I'm going to do a low priority thing. And there's a fun thing that I like to do. And it just sort of stimulates that where I'm not constantly on the grind and doing things. So much I do things on my own. But in time, I will have someone who will take care of the administration part so I can focus on my business. And that will take a coach or some heavy guidance. And Phoenix offers that. It's just that if they are not open for it, then there's not much you can do. You can lead a horse to water. You can put their head in the water, but if they don't drink, you're drowning them. Exactly. So we do what we can, but it is ultimately a person's choice to see the problem. If they don't see the problem, and we're telling them that's a, it's a problem, but they're looking at us like no, that it's not a problem. It's happened. Then there's not much we can do. Yeah. We are trying to help you, but if they're not identifying that it's an issue. Then if they're okay waiting a year to get paid, then that's okay, as they normally won't last long in that case. Yeah. And that speaks to the power of being in, in a group that's where you share a common goal, everybody's success. And they become your peers as a sounding board. And whether you look over and say, are you okay today? Which is sometimes what you need. It's that encouragement to where you look over going, that is really awesome. Or You've come up with something that's really good that is supporting. And then you go, can I copy that? Where you can share that piece. And that becomes much better in a larger picture. It's, again, comes back to the tribe. Those are the keys to the membership of being in community. Wayne, what are your takeaways from Tony's adventure and his expressions on and about networking? It's part of my wiring. Obviously, it's easier for extroverts and introverts but I'm amazed at how Phoenix and Tony has gone beyond the, oh, we really should get together to actually making it happen. And the other thing that I like is that he doesn't think it has to happen this week. Phoenix is very good about building community. So it's designing something for next month and next year, not Thursday. Absolutely. We always look at the long game. 
And again, one of the main purposes of it is not just to receive a referral. And that is the most obvious thing. But when you're planting things, you want to look at what your COIs is. This is the center of influence. We always are trying to encourage our members to create alliances, like the realtor that knows the HVAC person in the home, that knows the handyman, that knows the eavesdrop, the roofer that is part of the group. That way, when a home is sold, sometimes there's up to five or six people that could benefit benefit from that transaction because we still need real estate lawyers. We still need people that, oh, the home can't be sold because there's a problem with the front door. It won't open. We'll send out the handyman. In other words, all of those people can create an alliance. And if a handyman goes into a home, let's say, and they overhear them say, yeah, we got to fix up the home, get ready to sell the house. And it says, oh, okay, part of my alliance. Do you have a realtor? says, no, we haven't. We used one last time and we weren't very happy. We were looking for one. I have a guy or I have a gal that can probably do that. And I'll meet with you and then you guys can decide whether or not that person's right for you. And that's it. That's all you have to do. You're not selling anything. You're just recommending because they're asking. Google does this all the time on your phone. You talk about lawnmowers and you get lawnmowers. All kind of things are on your phone. But you're just passing on information that people are relevant for because they will be looking for a realtor. So you're not giving them anything that they don't want. An HVAC person that sees the backyard that needs work, he says, do you have a landscaper? No, but we are thinking of it's in the spring. So if you want to entertain, you might want to make fix up your backyard. I have a guy that can do backyards and that could do a roof. Or if he sees the roof, not great. A realtor can see a roof. He says, yeah, that might have to get changed because the, the asphalt is starting to curl. That means it's getting old and you're going to have issues. So I have a guy, if you want to get an estimate, he says, maybe we should do that. We should at least maybe build that in. When we build a community, we're on the long game where we want to make sure that everybody gets together and talks about their kids talks about their dog, talks about their vacation. So we're building a friend first. We're not trying to build someone who can do your backyard. That's not the main focus. It's about connection. It's about building a friendship. Because when you become a friend, you'll always recommend a friend to do something because you know that they'll take care of it. That's part of really the subtleties when we get together. We want to see that if I'm going to send someone some business, I want them to treat my client as I treat them or better. There's nothing worse than someone says, Tony, what have you sent me here? (laughs) This person showed up late. He didn't even show up the first time. And it doesn't look bad on that person. They don't even know that person. Looks bad on me. So there's a big responsibility on me. I want to make sure that I'm going to give someone a solid. And I got to know that, okay, now I got to go back to that person. Now they have a, they're accountable to me, and they are. If they botch something, now I have to fix it. What ends up happening is I have to give them now a free session from me, and that's going to cost me time and money. So it does come back on you. And so it's the friendship and the commitment to doing a good job that I want to be very sure of, that they can actually do the job Tony, that's really good. And those are good top takeaways for our listeners. One, it's about the connection, the human connection. Two, the group survives and does better. And three, there's success. There's prosperity in that, 
right? And that's through that community. How can folks reach you? How can they connect with Phoenix? And if someone wanted to, say, start up a chapter, how would they do that? I just want to mention one more thing. We see so many times when people are in a dire straits or in a place where they're not being recognized and their business isn't doing that well. And in a very short time, they see the atmosphere of Phoenix and how we are doing business. We do so much for them with videos and we have the e-cards that we send out. So now they have an electronic way that they could go onto social media. There's no extra charge for that. It costs us money. But we believe that this investment will bring and heighten up that person so that they can have more tools for networking that will extend beyond the group. And this is where they're going to start getting referrals outside of the group because their energy has changed for more in the receiving end of it. And that's usually what happens is people don't know how to receive. They don't know how all this process works. But when they start seeing it coming, they can ease up knowing that they got a group behind them. What is the uh, Phoenix website? It's x.ca. So it's pbex.ca. You can also type out phoenixbusinessexchange.ca. It's on both. But pbex is shorter. And uh, yeah, they can just simply, if they want to come to a few of our meetings, there's uh, some red buttons right at the very beginning. And it has the Zoom connection to it. We have Mondays. Wednesdays and Thursday mornings from 8 to 9 Eastern Standard Time. So if someone is out of the time zone, they can just adjust their time and they can just come in and take a look and feel the energy of the group. If it's something that resonates with them, then they can come to up to three of those meetings and decide, is this something that that I like, that might help my business, that I can help other businesses and we can all prosper at the same time? The way we look at things is that we don't lead. We are in the back, making sure that nobody falls behind. You can also find you, I think, we've on too, Phoenix Business Exchange, Inc. Yes, we're on there too. And yeah, Bruno, you do a fantastic job about that LinkedIn as well. And all of our meetings are also Facebook Live in there so that they get that extra exposure while the meeting is going on. So it's great. It's a great group and we see great strides. And there's always this new thing that we're building and we see that we're going to constantly follow what the growth is telling us, what people want. That's what they want. They want to see prosperity. They want to see good people. When you deal with five to 10 people all the time, that eventually becomes your your nature, your income, your everything. Because you hang around with people that all they talk about is other people. And they're always very negative. You're going to eventually be negative as well. So if you want to catch a cold, I'd rather catch it in prosperity. <laughs> Fair enough. Tony, thank you so much. Uh, to my co-host, Wayne Pratt, thank you. And to you, the Knack for Business listeners, thank you. To reach me, I'm bfranzgrot at creativeinsight.com. It's B-F-R-A-N-Z-G-R-O-T at K-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-N-S-I-G-H-T.com. Website under the same name. Wayne, how can folks reach you? My website's the easiest. M-O-T-I-V-E, the numeral 8, the letter U, dot C-A. Thank you for listening to Knack for Business. If you like this content, we have more coming. Like and subscribe. Give us a review. Until next time.